Hello everyone. Um, we got a, we actually had a lot going on since my last podcast, and I just want to start off by saying I just want to talk about all the things that I was wrong about. Well, only two things. I'm not. I don't think I'm wrong about like much of the other stuff. Uh, but the two, two things I was wrong about. But I ended up being right about... I, no, I don't want to do... I don't want to do the whole Skip Bayless thing. Alright. Okay. So I said... I think Kawhi... And... Uh, Paul George and the Clippers... They would be... Too tired for Game 7. And they've... Been pretty bad... At like the noon game. So I thought the Mavericks were going to win that game. And you know the Mavericks had like a pretty big lead in that third quarter... And then they just coughed it up. Um, and, you know, Kawhi was a monster. Paul George was great. Mark, Marcus Morris, after being a disappointment in the games before, you know, he made seven threes. Reggie Jackson made, like, he made threes. Like, I don't have the stat sheet right in front of me, but, like, the, the threes he made, they were, like, 30 feet out. Like, it was whenever, what's it called? The, the the Mavericks made it like a seven point game, a ten point game. You know, it would the ball would get to Reggie Jackson thirty feet out, you know, not even touching the rim. All all swish. And you know, I didn't expect that at all. And it it a lot of people talk about well who was better in this series, Kawhi or Luca. And Kawhi was amazing in this series. I saw a stat that was absurd where in the four wins, Kawhi did not miss a single fucking shot. That's in the fourth quarter. He didn't miss a single shot in the fourth quarter. That's fucking absurd. Um, I'm going to say, I don't think, like, Kawhi was amazing. Like, they were both, they were both, like, a 10 out of 10. But I think when you really look at it, I don't see how Luka wasn't the better player in the series. Like, yeah, Kawhi had, like, the elite efficiency, and he was really good in game uh, six and seven on defense. But he wasn't good on defense, like, the entire series. It was only those last two games. And the other part is, you know, Luka's second guy averaged 13 points and five rebounds. Kawhi's second guy in Paul George... You know, who gets made fun of a lot. But he averaged 24 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. And, like, those minutes that Kawhi wasn't on the floor, they were fine because Paul George was out there. You know, the the minutes that Luka wasn't out there, they lost those minutes. I think they were, like, a minus 32 or something. And the minutes that Luka wasn't on the floor. So, you know, this series went 7 and... It's entirely because, you know, of Luca. So I think he was the better player in that series, but not by much or not by much. But I just think he was the most important player in that series. He's the one that he's the only reason that series went, you know, seven games. Um, yeah, but like for that series, that was a great series. You know, I'm happy for Luca. You know, Paul George stepped up, Kawhi stepped up. Um, 
Ty Lue made some nice adjustments, you know. He said that dumb shit about, like, the, oh, you know, we, we want to see if they can do that shit at home. And, you know, they couldn't do it at home. That was embarrassing. But, you know, so they, they move on to the Jazz. And, like, I guess their Game 7 tiredness showed up tonight because Paul George and Kawhi had, like, I think a combined 43 points. I, I know it was... I know it was le- I know it was like 43 something like it was like around 40 to 43 because Donovan Mitchell alone had 45 points and he outscored both of them I know that um, and you know you could tell like Kawhi and Kawhi's knees were like nah I, I don't want I don't I'm not ready yet and Paul George he just had an off night you know he couldn't make anything uh, they went they started the game off small you know, they put Morris at center, Batum out there, uh, Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Kawhi. So they played small because they are like, all right, let's get Rudy out of here. And I don't really think they took advantage of that as well as they could have. Like, And the thing is, if they're going to do that, Rudy, you have to get 20 rebounds. That's just what you have to do. And, um, you know, he didn't do that, but they he did. He did I did. I did think he had a pretty good game. I thought he was decent. And the thing the thing with Rudy and the perimeter defense thing that everyone, like, makes fun of him for is, if you look at all the clips that, you know, of players that have him, like, spinning around, it's, it's like the quicker players, you know what I mean? It's not the wings that he has a problem with. He has a problem with, like, guards. Like, it's Steph Curry, it's Dame. You know, it's uh, Devin Booker. Like, it's the guards that give him the problem. It's not, like, Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris is not going to give him problems. Nick Batum is not going to give him problems. You know what I mean? So, like, he's fine against that. And, you know, he's so fucking big. It's hard. It's actually, like, not that easy getting around him. Because what he does is he'll give you, like, an extra, like, feet of space. So, you're essentially, like, the only options you have left is taking that jumper or like drive at him but he's already giving you that feet of space so it's it's much harder going at him like that and you know you have to be really quick to actually like get around him if he does that uh on the other hand mike conley he had that hamstring he couldn't go you know i hope he's fine like i you know this series would be a monster like once you know the clippers they get their legs back and uh you know, Mike Conley's back. I think the series is going to be really fun. The Utah crowd was amazing. You know, they get shit on a lot. But, like, if you just talk about... Like, they get shit on for, like, the racism and everything. Every... Like, because of, like, the couple of fans. But if you... If you just talk about, like, the energy that they have... Like, as a collective 20,000 people in there. It's amazing. Like, they're really good. The, the other thing is, like... I've realized how uncreative NBA fans are. Because, like, anytime someone goes to the free throw line, they'll be, like, from their team, they'll be like, MVP, MVP, MVP. And it's like, no, no. Jordan Clarkson is not the fucking MVP. I'm sorry. Donovan Mitchell is not the MVP. They already announced the MVP. It's big honey. It's Nikola Jokic. It's Nikola Jokic, the guy that, you know, put up historic offensive numbers, carried his team to the third seed without a second guy. That's, that's the MVP. He's the MVP. So that's already been announced, you know. Good for him. You know, he deserved it, like, pretty easily. I don't know 
Like, people tried making it an argument when it really wasn't. And it was pretty close to unanimous. I think only six... I think it was only off by six... Yeah, I think six votes. And uh, Derrick Rose got a fans vote, which I didn't even know was a thing. Like, the fans can... The fans get one vote. And I guess Derrick Rose got it somehow. Like, I guess only, like, Derrick Rose and, like, his family knew about this and they all voted for him. Um, Steph got five and I think... I think Steph got five and Giannis got one. I don't know if Embiid got any first place. And I, actually, no. I, wait, never mind. I think Jokic was probably like 10 votes off. Because like top of my head, I remember Steph getting five. I know Chris Paul got two, so that's seven. And Giannis got one. And I can't imagine Embiid didn't get one or two. So, yeah, so... Jokic probably got like 90 of the 100 first place votes. And uh you know, he you know, he thanked all his teammates, you know, because they're like it really is about the team. It's like who's your teammates? You know, they have to be good enough for you to actually like carry them. Like quote unquote carry them. Like they have to be good at something. You know, if you look at uh Westbrook when he won, they were like a top 10 defense. Like if they don't have even like yeah obviously they weren't good on offense and he carried them offensively but if they weren't a top 10 defense they're not gonna win 47 48 games where the fuck it was the nuggets this year were a top 10 defense if, they, if all they had was Jokic and like they didn't have like the defensive intensity and like the people all the all the players that bought in they're not winning how like the equivalent of like 54 games or whatever it is um so, yeah, that's one thing. And, um, all right, let's get back to the Utah and Clippers thing, actually. So, you know, I, I hope Mike Conley's back. The Utah, the Jazz had a stretch where they missed 21 straight fucking shots. And I think they were down 13 going to the half. Donovan Mitchell had, like, 30-something in the second half. Uh, he picked, like, I think we all said Kennard should be getting minutes because... He can shoot and he's a shot creator and like not a great playmaker, but he can play make. So it's like, why weren't you giving this guy at least some minutes? And now Lou did the like the extreme of that and he gave him too many minutes. You know, the last twenty possessions it was pretty much Donovan Mitchell hunting Kennard and getting like easy shot or fouled or creating for someone else like that. Um so Lou definitely has to adjust to that somehow. Or maybe it was just a problem of, like, Kawhi and Paul George are tired, so they can't, like, fight over the screens properly right now. But, yeah, Kennard had a good game. He made all his open shots. He even took it to the post a little bit and, like, hit some fadeaways. Um, I'm shocked we didn't see more Patrick Beverly. You know, you would think in a matchup like this where, like, the, the Jazz is big guy. Like, not big guy. I mean, like, their star... Their star is 6-1. You know, it made sense when you couldn't put Patrick Beverly out there when it was, you know, Luka, 6-7, 240 fucking pounds, you know, just t- abusing him. But, like, if Patrick Beverly can't even guard Donovan Mitchell out there, like, it's, it might just be over for that dude then. Um, What else about the series, interestingly? I, 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 the other thing I'm... 
curious about is like for the regular season Mike Conley and Rudy I think only played 30 minutes per game yeah I'm just making sure yeah so 30 minutes per game I wonder how much they're going to play if it's like 2-2 and it's a pivotal game 5 you know what I mean like tonight how much did they how much like Conley obviously didn't play and how much did Rudy play though Rudy played and I guess it matters for Donovan and like these other the other guys as well uh alright so Boyan played 38 not bad Mitchell played 37 Gobert played 33 not bad actually and he was in foul trouble so it probably could have been even more than that um yeah so I guess I guess what's his name Quinn Snyder he is playing them more minutes than he normally would um who else had a pretty good game yeah so okay Rudy had Rudy played 33 minutes and only 12 rebounds they did what's it called Zubak looked pretty good actually I think he this is gonna be a game this is gonna be a matchup that he can play in he had 11 points 6 rebounds 3 assists 3 blocks and uh you know, I, I feel like this might be a series that you actually start him now. Like over Batum or something like that. And have Batum coming off the bench. The other thing is like DeMarcus Cousins got some minutes, which is nice too. Because, you know, he can spread the floor a little bit. Uh, he can bang with, you know, Rudy. And I don't think he's going to do much with Rudy. But like this is a matchup that he can play in. Um, the other guy that might just be like an X factor is Serge Ibaka. When he's coming back, like, he's been out for a long time. He played in that Maverick series a little bit, but he's just been out ever since then again. So that's interesting. Like, that's going to be something that actually matters in this series. Because you can play big. Well, not really that big, but, like, you can have, like, a real a real uh, big in there and, you know, spread the floor out still, get some rim protection. So he, he's going to be someone to monitor, you know, how when he comes back and if he can, you know, be impactful out there. For the series, though, I'm going to say either the Jazz in six and, you know, the Jazz proved to be as good as they were in the regular season or the Clippers in seven. Because if this goes seven, I'm just going to go with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Well, I'm really just going to go with Kawhi Leonard. Um... The other thing is, like, Donovan Mitchell, like, he looks incredible. You know, this whole playoffs, he's just been a monster. He's been getting... He's got, like, one of the quickest first steps in the in the league right now. And he can make that, like, that pull-up three. Uh, he's got, like, an okay... He's got a pretty decent mid-range game. He can finish inside. He's become a much better playmaker. So, you know, he's, he's definitely becoming, like... He's not a superstar, but he's definitely becoming, like, a year-in, year-out, all-NBA caliber player. He is, he's definitely that. So, yeah, I got the, I, my, my gut would be the Jazz in six, but if this goes seven, okay, I'm going to say Jazz in six or Clippers in seven. That's, that's my prediction. For the next thing I was wrong about is the Bucks, and I will, I'm pro, I swear to God, 
I am never trusting the Bucks again. Never. I have, I should have learned my lesson the last two years. I don't know why I continue to trust that somehow Giannis in the playoffs is going to be the Giannis that we see in the regular season. I have to stop this. I have to stop these delusions. I really have to stop it. And, you know, we can talk about Middleton having a, having some bad games. We can talk about, like, some open missed threes. We can talk about stuff like that. Drew taking some bad shots, some bad decisions. You know, we can talk about all that. But my main takeaway from this series so far is a couple, a two, a couple of things, actually. One is Kevin Durant looks fucking amazing. He looks like prime KD, didn't miss a single step. And the most impressive thing about him is, like, this. it's been an injury-filled season. And you look at him... And you compare that to, like, LeBron, right? Although, I guess LeBron is older, so that makes more, might make a little bit more sense. And it was a different injury. But, like, still, you think about what Kevin Durant has been through injury-wise. And this man just came back and didn't miss a single beat. He just comes back and it's like, yeah, I'm still Kevin Durant. I'm not going to overcompensate by doing this. I'm not going to think about my movement. And then you look at, like, LeBron. Like, LeBron didn't... Like, LeBron was worried about re-entering that ankle. Like, you can tell he felt it, like, where he's like, okay, I don't really want to go to the hole that much. You know, I don't want to step on someone's ankle. You know, he was worried about that. Kevin Durant's playing carefree. And, uh, you know, anyone that's on him, PJ, Middleton, whatever, it doesn't really matter. He's abusing them all. Uh, Drew is abusing Giannis. You know, I talked about this before with Giannis. I don't think Giannis is a great perimeter defender. I've never thought that. Like, people keep talking about, like, oh, if you're building someone to guard Kevin Durant, Giannis would be the guy. No, not really. Like, I guess, like, body-wise, maybe. But, like, the thing with Giannis is that his his side-to-side movement isn't that great. His, his strides are way too long. And that's why he gets mixed up so much. You know, the reason it worked against Jimmy was Jimmy can't shoot. Well, Jimmy can't shoot three. Actually, yeah, Jimmy just can't shoot. So Giannis is giving him 10 feet of space and, like, doing whatever. With KD, it's like, no, he can shoot threes mid-range. He can post up. He can make free throws. So you have to worry about being physical and fouling him. And he's got a handle. And Giannis can't. Like, Giannis has never been a great perimeter defender, in my opinion. He's just been pretty good. And if you if you want... Some like the perfect guy to guard Kevin Durant is like a Paul George, Kawhi, like prime LeBron, like 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 a six seven six eight wing type, or like a a strong six foot four like a Drew type, like Drew Tony Allen, like those types. Because the thing is, you're not gonna impact his shot at all. You're really not. Like Giannis tried contesting; it was like a beautiful contest. And splash. Didn't really matter. Um, so you're not going to contest your shot. What you can contest is his dribble. You know, make him uncomfortable dribbling the ball around you. That's, that is something you can do. What I would do is... I would just go Drew on him the entire time. Drew and Middleton. No, like PJ, I guess, like when he comes in. I would bring PJ off the bench because he's not providing any like dy- dynamic offensive stuff. So uh, he shouldn't be in there. And, you know, when he comes off the bench, I guess he can guard him, like, whatever. 
But it really should just be entirely Drew and Middleton. Um, if they if they want even like a chance for the series. Um, you know, when Harding got injured, I was like, oh, okay. This is about to be... And at halftime, it was like a one-point game or something. I was like, oh, they're going to turn it on the second half. And then they just got fucking beat the fuck up in the second half. Then game two was even worse. Um, the thing... The second thing that I wanted to talk about was was Giannis because what you notice with Giannis in the playoffs specifically is he he can't like other superstars impose his will on a game by scoring he's not gonna go he's not gonna have the ball and teams are like yeah we have to double team him He's never he's not he's not that guy. Like he tried posting up Blake Griffin and like Blake Griffin just laughed in his face. He doesn't have a post up game, he can't make jump shots. And it's it's kinda embarrassing. You know, his game has not improved that much at all. He's not getting to the free throw line because they're giving him ten feet of space and just being like, Yeah, Blake Griffin, he's just as strong as you probably. You know, we're, we're just going to have you run into us. And, you know, Giannis doesn't have much more than that that he can do. And then, like, the um, situations where it's pick and rolls, they're still being 10 feet off of him. And they're they're saying, all right, we're, we're going to live with this. We're going to live with Drew Holiday and Middleton taking mid-range jumpers. And this, like, I've talked about this before. The fact that the Bucks didn't go after Chris Paul is insane to me. Like, why would you go after Drew over Chris Paul? You see what Chris Paul is doing in the playoffs? He had 14 points in the fourth quarter and all he did was like mid-range jumper, mid-range, 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 just dominating from them. Chris Paul is like one of the greatest mid-range jump shooters of all time. You don't think you could have used a Giannis, uh, not a Giannis, a Chris Paul Giannis pick and roll with Chris Paul as the ball handler and he's got a wide open 15 foot jumper you don't think he can beat a team like that he's been doing that this whole fucking career but no you need a Drew Holiday who's really good but it's like that's not what he does and uh, so yeah you know Giannis doesn't impose as well like other superstars do by scoring the ball getting double teamed and stuff like that and that's gonna be that's a problem and I don't really know how you fix that. And the other thing is, if you... I don't, I guess I didn't think about this because, you know, Giannis was so amazing that it was hard. And, you know, I didn't expect Giannis to fold like this again, especially against this team. Is that if you really think about it, if you really look at it throughout NBA history... You need multiple Hall of Famers who play like significant minute to win a championship. And like you let's just look at it like right now, like the Nets. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Hall of Famer. James not even playing. Blake Griffin, Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's not a he's not a he's not like in his peak right now, but if you think about Blake Griffin let's just, like in two K terms, right? Blake Griffin's probably like what, like a eighty overall? If you, you would you rather have Blake, Blake Griffin as an eighty overall 
on your team with like the champion like that not the championship but like the hall of fame dna that he does have like the iq and all that stuff or would you have like a 82 overall you know power forward i would rather have blake because he he knows what it takes to be great he's not gonna fold under like these big pressure moments he knows where to go he knows what to do he's just not like his regular self anymore and you look at the Bucks, it's Giannis, and then after that, it's like Middleton and Drew are nice. They're nice. They're not Hall of Famers. You look at last year's team, like LeBron and AD, it's two Hall of Famers right there. Rondo might make it. He might make it. Dwight will make it. So that's three right there. And like Dwight, yeah, like Dwight's not Dwight anymore, but I would rather have Dwight or then someone like a similar caliber player because Dwight still he still got like that brain and he still got like that know-how know-how no two know-how I think it's know-how and you know you look at the year before who was it the the Raptors yeah the Raptors Kawhi Mark Lowry you know what I mean that's three guys right there the year before obviously you know KD Steph Clay, Draymond. Um, so that's four guys right there. Who was it before that? Uh, LeBron, Kyrie. Who was it before that? Um, 2014? Tim, Tony, Manu, Kawhi. That's four guys right there. You know, LeBron, Wade, Bosch, Ray Allen. Four guys right there. Um, and once again, Ray Allen wasn't Ray Allen anymore, but would you rather have... Ray Allen at, you know, Ray Ray Allen as, like, the 80 overall guy? Or would you rather have a different, like, same caliber 80 overall guy? I would rather have Ray Allen because that's Ray fucking Allen. Like, he's going to make that. Like, another just pretty good player, it's not going to make that game six shot that Ray Allen fucking made. They're just not. Like, that's Ray fucking Allen. Uh, before that, who was it? Um... The Mavericks, Dirk, JK. Who was it before that? Kobe and Powell. You know what I mean? Um, before that, who? what was it? Uh, Pierce, KG, Ray Allen. And I guess maybe Rondo. Rondo has a chance, I guess. Does Rondo have a chance? I don't think Rondo has a chance. Yeah, I don't think Rondo's going to make it. I don't think his accomplishments are that long for him to make it. Um... Yeah, so, what, like, when you just go through NBA history, like, there's multiple Hall of Famers on these championship teams. And I think that's, that's something you do have to look at in terms of, like, who you're going to pick. And that's why, like, there's a couple of reasons I'm never going to trust the Bucks again, and that's probably, that's number two. One is I just don't trust Giannis until he does it. Uh, second is I just don't think they have enough Hall of Famers, like, potential Hall of Famers, on that team you need those guys like you just do like even if they had like 2019 like 2019 Marcus All and right now Brooke Lopez are probably the same caliber player but I would much rather have Marcus All you know what I mean like just because of like the Hall of Fame DNA that he does have so you know the Bucks have a Giannis issue and a talent issue um 
So yeah, I'm never trusting the Bucks again. They made me look stupid. I had them in six. Now, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose in four or five. Uh, that's how bad they've, that's how bad they've looked. And I guess missing Dante is a big deal, like, because now you're playing Jeff Teague more. Mid- Fucking Jeff Teague, bro. I hate Jeff Teague. I'm tired of watching Jeff Teague play basketball. I never want to watch Jeff Teague play basketball ever again. The dude stinks. The Celtics were awful, like, awful. And they said, we don't even want you. That's what they said. And there's a reason they didn't want him. Like, they got that game one down to ten. And this motherfucker pulls up for a three with Giannis running the floor. What the fuck are you doing? And, you know, the fact that Butt just didn't, like, rip him in front of everyone, that tells me a lot about Butt because I would have been, like, smashing, like, the, the board and all that shit. The what's it called? The whiteboard. I would have been. I would have broke that in half. I would have broke that in half, and I would have thrown it at Jeff T. While he was on the court, I would have thrown. I would have thrown it at Jeff T. As he was shooting the fucking ball. That was one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Jeff T. Ninety-two years old, ass at basketball. Get some minutes, and what does he do? He looks at the two-time fucking MVP running the floor in transition. Mind you, this game had gone down to 10 with like 7 minutes to go. And that's the type of shit this dumbass does. Um, and the reason he's playing is because Dante's not there. And the thing with Dante is he's a ball mover. He's a quick decision maker. He gets the ball, it goes. He gets the ball, he passes. You know, he's athletic. He gets to the offensive rebound. You know, he'll rebound on the defensive glass. He plays some good defense on ones and twos. You know, he's not going to do anything against Kevin Durant. But, like, at times you can switch with it. Or at, like, the end of shot clock. Or he can go help. He's a good defender. Not a great, but, like, a good defender. And he can make threes. I'm thinking he's a volume three-point shooter. So now you're just losing another guy that can potentially just get hot from three. And, you know, make, you know, four out of seven or four out of eight or something like that. Now you're just missing another guy who does that. And you don't have any replacements for that guy. Because it's not like this just means, you know, Giannis is going to take more threes. Like, Giannis can take all the fucking threes he wants. You know, Drew Holiday can take all the threes he wants. You know, Jeff T can take all the threes he wants. PJ Tucker can take all the threes he wants. You know, it's not really the same thing. Um, yeah, I don't really know what the Bucks are going to do. Uh, I'll probably talk about them in the offseason, I guess. They're, like, you, you look at them... And, like, I know it kills Bucks fans watching the next series that I'm about to talk about. The Hawks and the 76 I know the Bucks fans just just cry watching those games. Because Bogdanovich is a real monster. He's a monster out there. He's got a mid-range. He's got a three. He can play me. He can handle the ball. He can do a bunch of things. out. He competes on defense. He's not a great defender, but he competes out there. And, uh, you know, he didn't have a great game tonight. But he's been a monster for them, like, pretty much ever since he came back from his injury. Um, and, you know, the Bucks could have had him. If the Bucks had him, now you're talking about... Now you're, now you're talking about something. Now you're talking about Giannis surrounded by, you know, more than just one great shooter in Middleton. Now you're talking about Giannis running pick and rolls with more than just one good... Def- one good... Uh, mid-range shooter and Middleton and Drew who doesn't really threat threaten anyone like that 
you know, Bogdan does because he is a good mid-range shooter. Bogdan and Bogdan and Middleton taking turns using Giannis as a pick and roll roll man. Now that's something. Um, all right, but let's talk about that series. One, the my first initial thought was Embiid looks amazing. There were times where he was running up and down the floor, he was jumping, he was doing all that shit. I was like, yo, he looks 100% healthy. He had a career high 40 points in the playoffs, and um, yeah, so like that that was that was interesting. The other thing I noticed was. Uh, what's the name? Shake Milton wasn't getting much minutes. And I checked out his season stats and, like, he didn't shoot it from three that well. But I remember early on in the season, like, the 76ers loved him. So that was interesting that he wasn't getting minutes. I'm going to talk about him later just in regards to this game. Uh, the other thing is... The, the other thing I noticed was from game one... Doc had Danny Green on... What's his name? Trey. And I think that's just... You know, when I talk, when I give the preview, I said Ben and Matisse on him the entire time. But Doc was like, nope. Putting Danny Green on him. We're going to get Danny Green lit up. And Danny Green's a good team and help defender. And fine on wings. Like, I wouldn't... Like, when they get to the Nets, I wouldn't mind him guarding, like, Kevin Durant. Like... Kevin, like, I wouldn't mind him guarding Kevin Durant and just Kevin Durant, just playing Kevin Durant one-on-one. Like, I, that's not something I would actually mind. And, um, but yeah, he, he can't guard quick guards. That's not something he can do. He, he's never, I don't think he's ever had, like, that type of lateral quickness. He's He's been better at guarding quick guards before, but he's never had that type of, you know, movement. Um, and then, like, the 76ers made their run in the second, the, yeah, like, the second quarter, second half, when they put Matisse on him, then the second half, they put Ben on him, and, you know, they, like, they just swallowed him up, and, uh, Trey's gonna get hit, he's gonna figure some ways out, he's got that floater working, he'll make some threes, you know, he'll do all that stuff, uh, his playmaking's incredible, but I think the 76ers definitely have figured something out we're just you know to beat this team you have to get rid of um trey young because he he starts everything so you get rid of him and like that team is it's it's pretty much like the offensive bogged down like john collins like i said he goes invisible capella isn't that guy bogged down like i just bragged about him but like He's not that that guy. He's a good like third guy, but if he's your second guy, that's not great either. And uh, the other thing is DeAndre Hunter is injured again. I don't know what like the injury is for him. Is like he's missed two straight games. He was like key in that um, Knicks series because he was an elite three and D guy. You know, in this series they could use him on Ben Simmons. They could use him on Tobias Harris. Like tonight they had Bogdan on him a lot. You know, that's, like, that's not something you can do. Like, put Bogdan on him. Then they had Solomon Hill playing minutes. Tony Snell playing minutes. You know, Herder played too many minutes. He was good tonight, but, like, he played a little too many minutes. Um, So, they're really missing Hunter. And I wonder with Hunter if he would have played tonight had they lost game one. I feel like they, they won game one and were like, okay, we can give him 
another couple days to rest now and not play him in game two. So I wonder if it's that type of situation. Because he's really good. He's important. He's big. He's 6'8", 230. You know, he can guard Ben Simmons, Tobias. You know, he can bump on the roll man. He can guard, like, a lot of players on that team. Um, aside from that, Capella has to stay away from foul trouble. John Collins committed some awful fouls on Embiid, especially when they were already in the bonus. It's like, what are you doing? You can't. You can't be reaching in against an elite foul bidder like Embiid or, you know, Kevin Durant or, like, these type of people. You can't be reaching in like that. Chris Paul and Embiid is up there. Like, do you not – you play with Trey Young. I assume you practice against him at times. That's what he does too. Like, how do you not know not to reach in like that? Um – but, the, like, the thing with this series is, like, I'm, like I, I picked the 76ers in six, I believe. And that was with me assuming Embiid was going to be, like, 70%. That was my assumption. But if Embiid looks like this, I have to say probably the 76ers in five. I, just, I think they have, like, a good chance of just winning four straight. Or I'm, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with six, because there were some like cause for concern. Like they came out this game just on fire, on fire on both ends of the floor. But by halftime, the game was like five points, and going into the fourth, it was a close game again. And then Shake Milton came in and just bombed away from three, and that that's what opened the game up. But before that, like that was a close game. And, you know, I can't really depend on fucking Shake Milton to come in and just make four or five threes in a row. Like, I can't expect that. I can't count on that. So, you know, that's something. Um, that's, that's what's preventing me from saying this is going to be a five-game series. Just the fact that, you know, it took Shake Milton coming in and, you know, getting on fire for that game to actually, like, open up. With Embiid and all those guys, it was was still like a one-possession game or something like that. And the other thing I wanted to talk about was, I guess, people still think the Hawks are like a bad defense. They're not a bad defense. Since Nate McMillan has taken over, they're like a top 10 defense. They're a top like 5 offense, 5, 6, 7 offense, and a top 10 defense. So they have like good defensive, you know, versatility and uh, schemes. You know, Capella's a great defender. Hunter is a good defender. Bogdan competes. Herder competes. Gallinari is, competes. Solomon Hill can play defense. Tony Snell can play defense. Akongwu is a good defender. So they have a bunch of guys who are, like, capable on defense. And they've been on... And, like, they want to they wanna win. So they're trying really hard. And, you know, they have a top 10 defense and Nate McMillan's taken over. It's not a small sample size. It's like 45 games. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about the next series, the last series, I guess. And that is the Suns and the Nuggets. They played game one. And, you know, one of the main things from this series was going to be what can DeAndre Ayton do against Jokic? And if you look at Jokic in the post, like, he's throwing those fucking hooks like 90 feet up in the air because... You know, ain't so long. 
So he's having trouble with Aiton right there. And, you know, this like against the Blazers, the Blazers were such an ass defense that the Nuggets didn't really have a problem scoring. The Suns have like a top seven defense, I think. So what's going to happen in this series is that they're... So they were they they were fine winning games against the Blazers one forty seven one forty four you know what I mean against this team they're not going to be scoring one hundred and thirty points they're just not they might have like a great shooting night so they might do it once or twice but they're not they're not going to consistently do it and they're gonna like the buckets are going to come hard against this team and uh, Jokic is just going to have to be a monster this is a series that. They're going to miss Will Barton. They're going to miss Dozier. And uh, just like that scoring. This is, the, this is definitely the series that they're going to miss Jamal Murray in. Because if you watch those pick and rolls that, you know, Jokic used to get open. Like, Composito can't shoot. Monty Morris really can't shoot threes. Like, he's a good mid-range shooter, but from three, he's not that good. Michael Porter Jr. can't handle the fucking ball. Aaron Gordon can't really shoot. I know he shot it well in the playoffs, but he's not a good shooter. He's just having, like, a good stretch. Who else is their ball handler? Austin Rivers, he can kind of shoot, but he's streaky. You know, Will Barton can shoot. You know, Dozier can't shoot, but he can make open threes, and he's big. And one of the things that you're noticing is, like, they put Aaron Gordon on Devin Booker, but, like, those pick-and-roll games that the Suns run... It's uh, really opening up the floor. And if there's no Aaron Gordon as like the help defender now, the Nuggets are small back there. The small, they're small and not good. Like, Michael Porter Jr. is big, but he's not, he's not a good defender. You know what I mean? So if they had Will Barton and P.J. Dozier out there, Dozier would probably guard, what's his name, uh, Devin Booker. And Aaron Gordon can go back to being like that elite help defender, especially on pick and rolls. So, I think I picked the series Suns in six. And I'm going to continue with that. I think Chris Paul looks good. He's getting better every game. Uh, he still can't make threes. I know he made one step, uh, side step three, but he doesn't look really comfortable taking them. And, um, you know, this is a series that DeAndre Ayton and Mikel Bridges are going to point to and be like, yeah, we want to get paid. You better pay us. Because DeAndre Ayn pay, played Jokic to pretty much a draw. And Mikel was amazing. He just He's amazing on both ends of the floor. So this this is what they're going to look at Robert Sarverad and like James Jones and be like, yeah, pay us. We deserve every single thing. And I think that's going to be a mistake, but I can't argue with them getting paid. Like, Maybe is it going to be a mistake? I don't know. Because they are so young and they're actually like good. So I don't know if it's going to be a mistake, but what I would do is if I'm paying them. Okay, I would pay Mikel, but I, if I'm paying Aiden, I'm trading him. Like he is, he's been good, but like I I can't, I don't know if I can win with Aiden as like my third guy. I need like a true scoring third guy. Hmm. But yeah, I picked the Suns in six and I'm going to stick with that. Um... It's been a lot of fun series, except for the Bucks. Like the one that the one that we actually thought was gonna be a monster isn't a monster. The rest of the series are gonna be fun, I think. And hopefully, actually, like hopefully, 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 the Bucks can turn it around. Hopefully, 
Because if they get bounced in four or five even, ugh, not great. Because they have, like, what, 35? Like, they have 100 million committed to those three. So I don't really know how you get better unless you're trying to trade, like, Chris Middleton and something and, like, picks. But you already traded your picks for Drew, so it's like, how many picks do you even have left? You would have to trade a bunch of picks to get, like, a Bradley Beal, maybe, and, like, some someone, someone like that or, like, a Zach Levine and, like, just get way more explosive on that end. Um, but, yeah, that's it for today. Thank you for listening, everyone. Turn everything up a little bit in the headphones for me, bro. Ain't nobody gonna be 